When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. And we get to talk about a familiar face today. Kareem Hunt has officially re-signed with the Browns. We talked a little bit about it uh, in our post-game pod that went up on Tuesday. Uh, so we're going to get into Kareem a little bit more here. Um, we talked to Kareem today via Zoom, had an opportunity to hear from him. Uh, Mary Kay, you obviously broke this story when he signed you were kind of on it when we did the post game pod on Tuesday. Did did you get the sense kind of early, just kind of when you first started sniffing around this that it was going to be Kareem kind of nomad? This was like a you know post it note Kareem Hunt no matter what situation. You know, at the outset yesterday when I wrote when I first wrote about them exploring bringing back Kareem and looking into other running backs like Cam Akers from the Rams, I didn't know at that moment that it was really actually going to be Kareem. I thought maybe they would uh, try to make that trade for for Cam Akers uh, uh, as well as exploring Kareem Hunt. And the only reason why I thought that might be the case is because they did actually sort of think that Kareem had lost a step last year and he wasn't as explosive off the ball last year as he had been before. But when they brought him in for a workout yesterday, and it was funny because I went right from our little college road trip from Pittsburgh right to Berea to uh, to sit in there and listen to the Kevin Stefanski Zoom. And our, our media room is pretty sequestered from from everything. I mean, there, there really are no windows in there. You don't know really what's going on. And um, so I was inside the building probably when, when Kareem showed up. And it's funny because when I left the building, I was talking to Joe Hayden. He was standing outside leaving, getting ready to go uh, back home to California. And... Um, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, like I, I was hoping that I was going to see a running back of some kind when I was there. So he was there working out probably while I was, you know, just writing away in the press room. But no, at that moment, I did not know uh, that it was for sure going to be Kareem. I was first, as you mentioned, though, to to write that they were exploring bringing Kareem back, which is a mild surprise considering that they've had numerous opportunities to bring him back since he became a free agent in March, and they have not tried to do so in any way, shape, or form. Even when Jerome Ford went down with a pretty serious hamstring injury in training camp, they did not call upon Kareem Hunt at that time. Uh, And then when camp was coming to a close, they traded for Pierre Strong Jr., from the Patriots sending Tyrone Wheatley there as opposed to signing Kareem once again. So it just seemed like the Kareem ship had sailed. But when he came in 10 pounds lighter, I was told this by a source today, he came in 10 pounds lighter. And you could see it today when we did the Zoom with him. His face looked slimmer than the last time we saw him. And, um, you know, he did a really, really nice job in his workout and then when you couple that with the fact that he knows the system, he knows where the locker room is, he knows Stump Mitchell, his running backs coach, he knows Jerome Ford, who he helped mentor last year, uh, it just made so much sense to go in, ahead and sign him. 
Ashley, this just felt like a bunch of circumstances converged here, right? And I thought it was funny today when Kareem said, oh, it's near my house. Like, that was obviously right. a part of it. But, you know, when Mary Kay goes through all those things, right, we're talking about, um, you know, assuming Jerome Ford was going to come back healthy, which it seemed like they, they had a pretty good sense of, you know, Kareem would have come here to be essentially the third running back. You know, they wanted Jerome to be the number two so that he either would have had to battle for that role or he would have had to be the three. Um you know, the Browns maybe didn't feel like they needed him. And now all of a sudden the Browns have a need and they have a role that he wants. And, oh, it's right up the road from his house. Like, you know, at this point, it's September 20th. Kareem had to sign somewhere. Or it was going to be a while. And also the other part here is the Browns didn't have to give up any assets. He knows what he's doing. He knows the playbook, all of that stuff. This just felt like, you know, in the worst way possible because it took a Nick Chubb injury for it to happen. But all these circumstances just kind of converged within about 48 hours. And here he is right back in Berea. I know we talked about that yesterday, too. And, and Mary Kay's brought this up in the past about how sometimes, you know, it looks like things could be going one way or relationship could be over. But then because of something big happening outside of that situation, in this case, the Nick Chubb injury, the circumstances just change enough to make a deal plausible. And I really think that's what happened. I think Kareem Hunt was their best chance of like basically getting immediate help. Like assuming, like he's, Mary Kay said, we did see him today. I thought this is the best I've seen Kareem look since I've covered the team. Um, and that's even just on Zoom with the weight he's lost. But it's like he's already physically here. He knows the system already just everything we've been saying that it's immediate help in a way that like, if you were to sign somebody else or trade for somebody else, you wouldn't be getting that same kind of institutional knowledge that you're getting with Kareem. And like we said, even just this knowledge of playing with Jerome Ford and somebody who knows how to work with him, I think is really another benefit as well. So let's get more into the the physical side of it, because I do, I mean, you both have said it, and I, I agree with you. Like, and, and it was a Zoom call, but it was still noticeable on the Zoom call. You know, listen, we go back to the spring of 2022. Yeah, that's right. My days are all thrown off, and years are all thrown off covering this team. But we go back to the, the last spring that Kareem was here, Mary Kay. He didn't really look like he was in great shape watching those spring practices and he looked sluggish and, and he looked slow. And then we go through the trade request and, you know, I, I mean, I don't disagree. Like if the Browns felt that he maybe had lost a step last season, he, it did seem like he wasn't hitting the hole as hard. It did seem like he wasn't the player he was in 2020 and 2021 for this team. But if he really is, and like you said, you, you know, someone told you he lost 10 pounds and he looks at, if he really is kind of, that guy again and he's got that kind of desperation to to prove like when he's a free agent again next offseason he doesn't want to wait till september to sign a contract so there's a little desperation there he's in great shape you know again sometimes things just align and this could work out really well for both sides yeah i mean i think there are so many intangibles uh that go along with this i think part of the reason why kareem didn't look like himself last year put on some weight and and asked to be traded is he did not feel valued here. He looked ahead and saw that his contract, he was heading into a contract season and he wasn't going to have the opportunity to maximize his earning potential, to go out and get some kind of good contract after the season if he wasn't going to be getting the ball. So he saw the writing on the wall. It really wasn't a great situation for him to be here 
as a backup or a backup backup, right? I mean, they knew he knew that they went out and they drafted Jerome Ford. He saw the writing on the wall. A lot of times that gives you heavy legs, okay? It really does. It gives you heavy legs to feel undervalued by, by your football team. If you look at Jadavian Clowney last year, Jadavian Clowney did not have any spring in his step. He wasn't getting to the quarterback. He was an unhappy camper. And you don't play well when you don't feel valued and you don't feel like the team is putting you in a best in the best light or they're giving you the best chance to succeed. Now, things have completely changed for Kareem Hunt in that uh, he's extremely happy to be here. Uh, he's not going to be the lead back. We know that Jerome Ford is going to be the lead back, uh, but everything's changed for Kareem. He's got that weight off. He's got the that you know that weight off of his back, off of his shoulders too. As far as all the negativity and the toxic stuff that went on with him last year, he just wasn't he wasn't happy about his situation. And you know now everything's different, and I'm sure he's looking at it in a whole new light. Now he's grateful to be here. Once again, he he had football taken away from him. And this time he had the Cleveland Browns taken away from him, his hometown team. This is the place where he wanted to win a Super Bowl more than anything. And now he's got that chance again. So I think he's coming in here, um, you know, lighter in weight, but also lighter in spirit and demeanor. I think he is really, really hungry to help this football team. And to prove himself and to do all the things uh, that he wanted to ever do before when he was with the Cleveland Browns. And I think they're probably going to get the best version of Kareem at this point in his career. And Ashley, I just think, you know, again, for him to kind of go through what he went through last year and then become a free agent. And basically, I, I mean, he had some visits and he's, you know, he said he had some opportunities, but obviously none of those got to the level where he was willing to to just sign a contract. Um, so I think for a lot of that to happen, it probably does make you question a little bit your, your football, football mortality. Like, am I going to be able to keep doing this and keep making really good money doing this? Or am I going to have to go to camps every year and fight for jobs? And but like, nobody wants to do that. This is just, this could be an opportunity. Like if Jerome Ford gets hurt, like you can trust yeah. Kareem Hunt to be a lead back. I don't think he's going to be the guy he was in Kansas city, but he can at least handle that, that workload. Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this since, you know, it seemed like this was going to be a possibility since Mary Kay reported that he was going to be coming back here. It's like, it's for very different reasons, obviously, but this is basically what Mary Kay was getting at. This is the second time he has a chance to, in a way, get his career back on track because of the Browns. And last time it was obviously very different when he gets waived by Kansas City after the incident where he pushed the woman in the um, hotel in downtown Cleveland. And the Browns took a chance on him then, and we've talked about all the work he did to sort of rehab himself on and off the field and get back out there and get his career back on track and how much that meant to him. And now it's, it's yeah, he's at a very different place in his career. And I mean, I'm sure there were moments where he wondered if he was going to be able to get out there this year. You know, he wouldn't admit that, but... Um, it's like, I wonder if this was like just a really big wake up call for where he is in terms of his career longevity and what he wants that to look like. And I think it's understandable, like why he might've waffled on some of those other places. But when the Browns come calling back, it's like, no matter what happened last year with his mini hold in that he tried to stage, like I get there being like no hard feelings there. I mean, obviously on the team's part, because they need him now, but on his part, because like so much of his life has revolved around Northeast Ohio and the Browns. I mean, I know when I talked to him 
last offseason, the spring of 2022, for that high school football Browns story I did. I talked to him and his high school coach, Matt Duppy, and Denzel Ward and his high school coach and did this nice little story. And it's like, Kareem talks about remembering playing at the stadium, like in Willoughby youth football back in the day. Like he, those memories are very like near and dear to him. You know, I think this means a bit more than, than just that second chance. It's about where that chance is coming from now too. And Mary Kay, he's only 28 years old, um, which I know for a running back, you know, only 28 sounds a little weird, but he's 28. He's got 895 rushing attempts, uh, 1106 um, touches overall in his career. If anyone still has tread left on the tires um, at age 28 at the running back position, it, it's got to be Kareem Hunt because of, you know, obviously the suspension. He, he hasn't been the featured back, um, you know, in this offense for a long time. I mean, just to, to put it in perspective, Nick Chubb uh, in one less year has 1,238 carries and 1,361 touches. So there's probably like at least a season's worth of carries or a season's worth of touches that Kareem Hunt doesn't have on his tires right now. Um, so you've got to think there's still there's still something left in the tank there if he can just get on the field and you know you worry when a guy sat out for a while you do hope that that he can stay healthy you don't get some sort of soft tissue injury or something like that but as long as he can get on the field and stay healthy there should still be something left. Yeah, and remember um, in 2018 in his second season uh, the Chiefs cut him in uh, you know in like week 11 I think it was so uh, that was some tread that didn't get put on the tires that season. Then he was suspended for the first, I think it was eight games of 2019. And that's another eight games that he wasn't out there on the football field, taking all those hits and taking that beating. Uh, So I think he does have plenty of left in the tank, but again, he needs to get out there and prove that, that he has, you know, the desire and the drive to do it. And I think some of the uh, life was was kind of taken out of him last year. And I think it's now been put back in. And I think you're going to see a very driven, motivated and hungry Kareem. He knows what's at stake. There's a lot at stake, not just uh, the thing that he wants more than anything, which is to bring a Super Bowl to his hometown Browns. He's said that numerous times before. Uh, Now he's got another chance to do that again, but he also has a chance, as we've been mentioning, to put himself back on the map. Now, generally, as he mentioned, and we all know, uh, running backs aren't getting paid. The jobs are hard to come by. Uh, So it's not like he's going to go out probably and get a three-year blockbuster contract. For him, you know, that ship has probably sailed. You can get younger cheaper backs. Um, But this is still an opportunity for him uh, to prove to the NFL and maybe even to the Browns. Who knows? I mean, they're pretty well set if Nick comes back. Um, But, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to prove to someone in the NFL that, that he's still got this and that he's, he can go out there and be a really productive back for you. And I think, I think he's going to do that. And one of the biggest things I think he brings to the table, and I wrote about this in my, in my column that I wrote today, he's a huge morale boost for this team right now. These guys are completely 100% rattled by the loss of Nick Chubb. Okay. We saw that in them in Pittsburgh, losing Nick Chubb is, is devastating. And, Bringing Kareem back is is such 
a huge boost. Anybody else that would have walked through that door, Cam Akers, any, anybody else, wouldn't bring what Kareem is going to bring. Not only uh, does he, you know, have just that passion and that fire uh, to play for the Browns, and he's already friends with everybody on the team, so close to so many guys on this team. We saw Anthony Walker, you know, hugging him and giving him the shout out today during his Zoom conference. Um, not, not only all of that, but you know, he is, um, you know, he brings just a sense of humor. He brings a lot of fun to the table. He's really, really good for, for Nick Chubb, who's going to be probably in the building pretty soon doing his rehab. I mean, just, just by nature, by his very nature, he's, he's a sideline in game leader. He's a cheerleader during a football game. You guys have seen it so many times. And I think he's going to bring, bring some of that fire that we see some of those other guys bring. I mean, he's like one of the Juan Thornhill, Mike Ford kind of guys for the offensive side of the ball, for a side of the ball that doesn't really have a ton of outspoken guys. I mean, when they took him out of the running back room, I mean, you were left with a quiet room. We already know that for the most part, they have a pretty quiet receiver room, although they added, you know, they added some guys this year that are you know a little bit more outspoken, um, but they haven't had that, you know, that, that flamethrower over there. On, on the sidelines as much. And you need that guy. I mean, you need that guy during a, you know, when things get tense or towards the end of the season, if, if they need, uh, you know, just some of that motivation to win the big game, even, even against the Pittsburgh Steelers the other night, I mean, he probably would have come in handy because he knows what it takes to win those AFC North games. He knows that uh, he knows how to keep, people's spirits up when they're down. Remember in Deshaun Watson's post game, he said, you know, Nick's one of those guys that's over there on the sideline, helping me keep people boosted up. Well, it's not Nick's natural bent to do that, but it is Kareem's uh, in his personality to keep everybody fired up and motivated. And I think he's going to bring a morale boost for a team that got kicked in the teeth the other night with the loss of Chubb and with the loss to the Steelers. So he's bringing a new energy, a new fire. And I think that's going to carry over to what he does on the sidelines. Okay. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back real quickly, let's just kind of look ahead to the week um, before we uh, call it a podcast here. Back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby with Mary Kate Cabot and Ashley Bastock. Um, so look, this is kind of the start of the week here on the short week. Um, so just real quickly, um, let's talk about kind of maybe what we're looking ahead uh, to seeing this week, what we're looking forward to, whether it's just during the week, uh, during the Titans game, whatever. Mary Kay, what, what are you looking ahead to this week? Well, since we have already talked so much about Kareem, I'm going to move over to another player. And surprise, surprise, that is going to be Deshaun Watson. We will be talking to Deshaun on Thursday. And, you know, it's got to be a bounce back game for Deshaun. He did, you know, he did not play well. Uh, I'm going to be writing a, a column about this, hopefully tomorrow. It's been such a busy week. I just can't seem to get to the things I really want to do. Um, but I've been meaning to write a, a column about Deshaun and some of my thoughts on what I saw from that Pittsburgh game and what he needs to do going forward. Um, but I really 
believe that it's got to be a, a rebound game for him. And he has to show this football team and this city and this organization that he is the one that they can count on in the clutch to come through and win a football game for them. He's got to do that. And again, I'm going to have a lot more thoughts on this in my column, but um, you know, I, I, for the most part, one of my biggest takeaways on this whole thing is I think he needs to settle down and play within himself. I thought he got out of his head and I thought he pressed. He did not agree with me when I asked him that after the football game, but I know what a pressing quarterback looks like because I have watched a hundred of them over my last 30 years. (laughs) So I know what it looks like when a quarterback is trying to do too much. And I think that's what he was doing on Monday night. Um, So there'll be more about that coming soon. Uh, but that's that's what I'm watching for this week. Yeah, Ashley, look, this is an opportunity. This Tennessee defense is not the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, I mean, look, the, the Steelers secondary isn't great, but Tennessee, I, I can't figure it out. Like, I think their defensive front is pretty good, um, but I don't know. And I feel like the Browns should be able to get something going in the passing game, even though it, it looks like the Titans are getting a little bit healthier back there. If if you can't do it against the, this Titans team, I don't know who you're going to do it against. And plus, you got the yeah. Ravens coming to town. You got the 49ers coming to town. Uh, I know Mary Kay hates the the words "must win," and I this is certainly not a must win. But man, you lose this game, you're going to be just trying to keep your head above water the next two or three weeks. Yeah, I mean, and the Ravens. I watched that Ravens Bengals game on on Sunday, and that defense looked pretty good. I mean, Jadavian Clowney. They were raving about Jadavian Clowney on that broadcast and the way he was getting after Joe Burrow. So I think that's definitely like the tougher defensive test, especially in terms of the pressure that Deshaun Watson's probably going to be getting. So I do think this is a good opportunity, like we're talking about, for him to kind of regroup. Like, obviously, no week is ever easy in the NFL, right? I sound like a coach or a player right now giving a press conference. But, like, these are still NFL-caliber players he is facing. But it's not the same, I guess, kind of pressure I think he's going to get from that Ravens defense. So I think it's important just, again, it's more game reps. You got to, like, kind of right the ship, so to speak. It's not a must win. But obviously, losing two in a row, you, you know, when this bye week is coming up really quickly, that wouldn't be great. So I do think it's about... Like Mary Kay said, Deshaun Watson, like playing within himself and not trying to hit a home run necessarily every single play. It's not a must win. How about better win? Like, it's not a must win, but it's a you better win. How's that? Darn well. You darn well better win. There we go. It's a darn well better win. We just coined something (laughs) here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Ashley, what are you looking for this week? Yeah, I think I'll go to the defensive side of the football because, I mean, the the Titans do have maybe, like, the toughest test the Browns have faced so far in terms of the run game with Derrick Henry. So I think that's a really interesting challenge for them. Obviously, they have a very experienced quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. And, um, you know, obviously they'll see DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the football. As I've joked, I you know, the Browns got a D Hopkins on their team. It's not the one I thought they would have gotten in, like, July. But... They do have Dustin Hopkins. So um, I'm really curious just to see kind of how they handle those tests because I think DeAndre Hopkins and and Derrick Henry alone, those are two really tough players to have to account for. So I'm really interested to kind of see how they do it and how each part of that defense holds up. 
Yeah, I I feel like there's a chance that this pass rush might just tear Ryan Tannehill in half. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to predict it, but it could happen, Mary Kay. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, look, a, a big opportunity for this defense to just continue stacking what they've been doing. They've been really impressive in these two weeks. You know what? I am 100% sold on this defense. I think it's sustainable. I think they are as advertised. I think they're really, really good. Um, When you think about it, they only gave up 12 points to the Steelers, and they've given up three points to the Bengals. So in two football games, the defense has surrendered seven and a half points. Uh, Again, I mean, come on. What more could you ask for, right? And third down. They've allowed uh, two football teams to convert uh, six third downs, six third downs out of, you know, how many ever, Um, you know, probably 30 or something like that. And then first downs, I think it was six and nine that they have allowed a team to get. So it's it's been a really great defensive performance uh, two weeks in a row. And I think they have it in, in them to help carry this team while the offense works out the kinks. And I have a ton of thoughts. We could do a whole podcast on some of the things that I think are going wrong with the offense right now. Um, but we, we'll save that for another day, maybe tomorrow when we talk about uh, Deshaun a little bit more. But as far as the defense is concerned, you know what? Buy in. Buy stock in this defense because it's for real. I I do want to add, this is kind of going to be our first chance to see this defense get tested against the run too, which I think is going to be interesting because, Mm -hmm. you know, Cincinnati really doesn't like to run the ball and Pittsburgh can't run the ball. Um, Derek Henry's coming to town. So, you know, I want to, this is a good chance to test sort of this new interior and give Dalvin Tomlinson a chance to shine. Uh, But yeah, I, this is why it's so unbelievable that the Browns lost that game on Monday night, but just here's, here's all of Pittsburgh's possessions, interception, punt, fumble, punt, field goal, touchdown, punt, end of half field goal, punt, 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 end of game. You're usually going to win if that's the list of how your opponent's possessions ended. Mm -hmm. Uh, But of course that didn't happen. I am going to go to the third side of the ball here. Um, this was not a great week for special teams and they've got some questions because Jerome Ford's not going to be your returner anymore. Uh, it could be Pierre strong, could be somebody else, but I I don't think we kind of already saw it. Pierre strong was returning, um, after Jerome Ford took over for Nick Chubb in that game, Donovan people's Jones really doesn't do a whole lot as the punt returner and really had a dangerous play where he a lucky bounce of the ball just meant that the Browns got to keep it at just barely avoided touching his knee. You know, Mike Ford had a really bad penalty. That's one of your veterans that, that you're counting on on special teams. And he had a bad penalty uh, after a fair catch. He hit someone. It was just a it was a bad night for the special teams, Mary Kay. And I think this is probably a, a long week for Bubba Ventrone to try and get that fixed. And certainly if anyone's going to, it's going to be Bubba. Um, but of all the, you know, the offense... It's not super surprising it struggled. It's disappointing. But for special teams to struggle like they did on on Monday night, that was disappointing too. So we'll cover all three sides of the ball here and and talk a little special teams going into this week. Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you, not only that, 
I mean, Dustin Hopkins, I mean, he he made a 55-yarder, which I was surprised about. I did not expect that thing to go through. I really didn't because heading in, uh, he was only 15 of 30 on his kicks of 50 yards or more. So I was surprised about that one. But then, of course, he missed a 43-yarder, which that's not cool. Not cool. You just can't be doing that. And then again, like you mentioned, Donovan Peoples-Jones. That 43-yarder was my fault, though. <laughs> it was. Tell him why. It was my fault. I So I tweeted after he made his first 43-yarder that, oh, look, a kicker came on, made a 43-yarder with a little fanfare, and we moved on. Something like that. A kicker who makes kicks is a nice luxury. And then he comes out and misses a 43-yarder in the exact same quarter. But yes. Carry you, on. You, you jinxed him. <laughs> you jinxed him. But the Donovan Peoples-Jones thing was weird um, and unfortunate. And I think it illustrates how much they miss Jakeem Grant. When Jakeem Grant uh, went down with his ruptured patella tendon, uh, that was a that was a big loss. I mean, he looked really explosive in camp and fast. Somehow uh, he got his speed back a year after an Achilles. I don't know how he did it. Uh, it. It almost seems like now, in addition to Achilles being so much more common, uh, it's easier to come back from them than it used to be as well. Um, but that, that was a huge loss for them, as was the loss of their all-pro right tackle and now their four-time Pro Bowl running back. So they have had, uh, you know, some significant losses already this season that have impacted the football team. Ashley, we get to hear, obviously, we get to hear from Deshaun tomorrow. We also get to hear from Bubba. He always delivers. I think uh, he'll he'll be pretty fired up when we talk to him. Yeah, I'm really curious to kind of see how he handles those like mistakes, right? Because there weren't like as many issues during week one. So I'm curious what he has to say about some of that. And I just think it's worth mentioning the other potential special team storyline here is Cade York is on the Titans practice squad. So Nick Folk has been their kicker. But if you were like, isn't that where Cade York went? Yes. But like, unless something happens, but this is Cleveland. So who knows? He will not be at the game if things stay as they are right now. It will be Nick Folk. But just something to remember. Stranger things have happened. Okay. Now I'm okay. I'm not even going to comment. Not even going to say anything. <laughs> we'll all be in the we'll all be in the Titans locker room after the game, won't we? Talk trying to talk to Cade York. That's what's going to happen. Maybe no you'll doubt. be there. I'm not I mean, going if, over there. But yeah, you can. Go. Who knows? I I'll go. I will bite the bullet and go if we have. You, to you can go, somebody. Ashley. You've I'll got a it. nice a nice relationship with Cade from your takeout that you did on him. I would do it. I just Chris, yeah. Our, it's our, like he. Chris Easterling. Our buddy Chris Easterling will have to go. He has to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris, Chris and I go. will go together. Shout out to Chris. <laughs> and ask like six questions. Yeah. If people okay. don't know what we're talking about, tell them what we're talking about. Dan. <laughs> Cade, Cade got a little grumpy with Chris after the Kansas City game and said something like, that's like six questions. Enough, dude. Yeah. Enough, dude. And like stormed off. I wanted to get T-shirts yeah. made, you know, yeah. for you know, for us to wear. <laughs> you should all wear them on like Chris's birthday or something. That's enough, dude. <laughs> Come on, dude. That's like six questions. That was it. <laughs> That's what we all say to Chris all the time. I know. I'm like, sometimes I want to turn around and say that to Chris. <laughs> We're just sitting in the media room. That's enough, dude. <laughs> Funny. All right. 
That'll do it for this edition of the Origin Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you're a football insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Find us on YouTube, search Cleveland Browns on Cleveland.com, and find us on uh, Instagram, search Orange and Brown Talk. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody.